0: Hi, and welcome to Adventure Blender with Emily and Hannah, the podcast where we talk world swimming, to running,
1: to travel and seeing the world. So whether you're listening on an adventure or wondering where to start, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome
0: to our fun episode. What number is this, Hannah? Eight, I think. Oh my God, eight. So yeah, this episode is going to be slightly different in that we have no guest, or we actually do have two guests. Two people who ran Loch Ness 24 at the weekend. And one of them is called Hannah.
1: And the other one is called Emily.
0: (laughs) This is just unfiltered chat about basically quite raw how we feel from the weekend.
1: I think we should point out this is just slightly more than 24 hours after the event. We're both still pretty tired. I'm still pretty hungry, which could slightly be classed as hungry too. But yeah, we thought, we, you know, we'll just do it now because it's still so fresh and raw and we're still like high and low in the emotion side of it. Like I feel a bit mixed.
0: Absolutely. I think it will be interesting to listen to this maybe like in a month's time and go, could we be either sound half dead or we feel completely different because I'm sure if anybody was to write a race report immediately after and then write it, a week later you would you would find different things to come out of it as well. But the hunger is definitely real. I was just saying to Hannah before we pressed the record button that I didn't really eat. Well, I ate at the weekend obviously, but didn't eat much junk. You know, it was all very much like homemade soups. Um we had omelet, we had salads and lamb kebabs and all these things, things to keep us going. And as soon as I came home, I ate like three penguin biscuits a Chinese for my dinner and I've had numerous audios today because I think I just need the sugar to function
1: oh so I started off when I so I really couldn't decide whether I stayed in Inverness and got a good sleep and then drove home today but I don't know whether it was because I was tired or a little bit emotional or I really couldn't pinpoint what it was but I was struggling to make a decision and I kind of just set off driving and eight hours later I landed home but I'd had a McDonald's on the way. Promptly, then flooded the kitchen uh, from the bathroom because we had some issues with some plumbing. So that, that was not the night I planned. Um, but I was last night. I was craving a curry. Mm. I just I couldn't get it out of my head. So as soon as I didn't have it last night, that's what I've just had for my tea. Oh, it I was wish. so good. <laughs> that
0: sounds amazing.
1: So that's the after
0: hunger, but pre-event, obviously we were pretty excited. And if you follow us on social media And you follow Loch Ness 24 Or anybody else who was part of our big group You'll have known that it was pretty wet All weekend <laughs> I don't think it dried until we actually left uh, That field But it was it, it, pretty grim driving up And it was constantly raining the whole way up Not a big fan of camping in the rain I have to be honest I'm going to put that out there It's really not great <laughs> However, (laughs) Hannah was the saviour of the weekend and everybody will agree because she brought a gazebo that people could sit in and actually be able to communicate and chat and mingle. Whereas if we didn't have that, I think it would have been a much different event. I think we would have came back much more flat because of less chat put it that way
1: I think it just gave people just that space I think otherwise you would have all kind of ended up in your own tents and I think I think it might have to be fair if I hadn't like gone in the gazebo as well and I was sat in the van on my own I think I would have felt quite isolated and I I don't know whether I would have managed as much as I did because I wouldn't have had everyone kind of cheering me on and giving me little pep talks between between the laps but yeah it was I I did say before I went like I'm not, I'm not good at the running, but I'm I'm all out like for the camping. Like, we've, we've got every bit of kit we need. I'll do my best to, like, I'll, I'll be in that department supporting everybody. We ended up, we got
0: there a wee bit later than every day, some car issues on the way up. But we arrived there, and to be honest, I wasn't too fussed about arriving late, seeing as the weather was so was so poor anyway. So we were there, tent up, get something to eat, a quick hello and things, and then to bed for a 10am start. <laughs>
1: think i don't think i've seen anyone pitch a tent so quickly (laughs) and annika is amazing i have the
0: same tent as her and she goes camping more than me so she that was up within moments i mean i was a bit scared of her at one point because (laughs) it was like no do this right okay i'll do that but you know what that tent was up as quick as anything and it was dry inside which if it was me left to do that the tent would have been ringing inside (laughs) Because it was absolutely pouring whilst we were pitching that tent. But yeah, so the race itself, Hannah, welcome to the world of running longer distance.
1: How was it for you? So I really enjoyed it. I'd kind of, I'd set a thing in my head that I really wanted to do five laps. And then I was kind of going to assess it and see how I felt. And if I, I really wanted to do seven, in my head I was aiming for seven, but I hadn't actually put it out there. Unfortunately, my calf was hurting from lap one. And then by lap two, my hips started to hurt. <laughs> I think I picked up uh, knee pain on lap three, <laughs> and then my toes on lap four were just. Um, but I did get to do my night lap, which was I was quite happy about. And um, there was a few moments in the trees with the head torch, kind of casting weird shadows that kind of yep. messed up my head a little bit. But apart from that, the actual the route was actually really nice. Um, I'd wanted to get to a point where I was mentally struggling and had to push through but I didn't get there I was actually still really enjoying it mentally and kind of energy wise I felt I could have gone on but obviously I'd had three weeks off where I'd not done anything because I'd had calf injury before that and I was desperately trying to be sensible and not push it and I hadn't even run up until setting off when I so my first lap was uh, Emily's fourth lap and she was looking so fresh <laughs> <laughs> beardly. <laughs> yeah I opted not to go first because I didn't want to get caught up with like the the crowds of people all setting off but then I just made the same mistake with you because then I started as you did and I was so happy chatting away with you and like you were still so bubbly got carried away anyway I know it's
0: easy to though. I mean that's what my worry was in that first lap was you just start running with everybody else and think this is no bother, and you forget that you're, you know, three minutes into a twenty four hour race. It was a great course. It got, got pretty muddy at bits. Um, I brought three pairs of shoes, two road shoes, to one trail, and because they had such a great weekend last year, I thought, well, maybe the course won't be too too bad. I could. Do a mix Those other road shoes never got looked at It was trails all the way And there's not as much support in my trail shoes As there is in my road shoes So I definitely felt a bit of of Achilles pain Towards Not even while I was running It was more just afterwards A bit of stiffness Which I don't really get from my road shoes But it, it was I really did enjoy the course I think there was plenty of variety there You know Bit of hills Bit of forest And to give you an idea of how dark it is We went a walk in there on the Friday night just to see a bit bit, bit of the course. And we had our head torches on and I'd said to Annika and one of my other friends, Mary Louise, why don't we turn our head torches off and see how dark it is? So we did. And then I made, (laughs) and then I said the words, oh, let's turn them back on imagine there was a face there when you did I was called several names and told we were leaving the forest immediately and I was not to <laughs> tell any more jokes and stories like that so and I don't know why I'm pretending I'm brave I am the biggest S bag around so <laughs> but it was proper dark I did my night lap with Annika we were be- we went round in our pyjamas and my Dippendale dry robe. Did you really? and yes, because we lay in bed. And I think this is the thing with the weather being so pants as well, is that I would have loved to have run with other people, but I felt like I had no idea where anybody was at any given time. And it was hard to make arrangements. My phone had zero signal, so I wasn't checking the app or any WhatsApp chats or anything. And I wanted to save my battery as much as possible. So I just felt a bit flat at times that i didn't get to see like the first bit was great because i saw and ran with other people but towards the later on as it went everybody was flagging it was still only like like eight hours into a 24-hour race but annika was like we should do a nighttime one i was like Wait, if we're doing it we're doing it now and i mean i am in my sleeping bag in my pajamas at this point going i'm never running again so we got up and went and we just, I was like, I'm just walking. I'm not even put on a sports bra. That's how much I was not running. And I thought, let's go, let's go and do it. So we did that, got all wrapped up. I mean, I was really, I was quite cold at that point. And we ended up meeting Nick, one of our other teammates in the wider group. He was, he kind of caught up to us. He was running, but he ended up walking with us the entire lap. And do you know what I think? Again, I was quite flat at that point, And Nick just chatted for the whole loop. and. It helps so much. See just having somebody else to chat and pull you through. And I think all I did was grunt every now and again and get asked if I was okay because I was you know, I'm quite short, so when I wear my, my dry robe, I look like a bit like a Teletubby, just sort of <laughs> bouncing behind. And I I was and my legs are short, so I just don't walk as fast as other folk.
1: <laughs> so Nick I think it's- like, Nick was really tall as well. Nick is very
0: tall and is pretty tall, so because I had to sort of wait for me and I was bouncing back but that really did help and I was glad to get that night run ticked off but like I say I think that's where the weather played its part of you know just not having that mingling not having that oh you're just going out I- I'll just go as well it it felt sometimes you were we were all a wee bit I- isolated at times
1: yeah I think I definitely got a little bit of a feeling that like we didn't know where people were because I'd quite happily said. By the night lapse, if any of the um, solo people needed company, I would happily have gone with them. But I just didn't know where anyone was at any one mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. The only person I kind of kept real contact was um, Susan, our team captain. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of like organising who was going when and and roughly what time we'd be back. And so actual communication-wise, she was really supportive because I was like, like, right, I'd love to go and do two, but I'll let you know how I feel after the first one. And originally I planned to do one at a time and I was happy with that. But with the weather, again, it was kind of dictating. I was like, I don't have enough change of clothes to do that. Even before I'd gone like fully prepared. Yeah. I was like, I've got three, maybe four changes depending on what I wear, when. And I was like, I just... I'm going to go and do two laps at a time. I'm going to push through and make sure that I do the two at the time so that I've got clean, dry clothes for the next one. Um, And everyone's there discussing, like, oh, yeah, I've got three pairs of trainers with me. And I was like, I only own one pair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I only use one. All I would say is, as long as you have hundreds of socks, that is all I feel like you needed. Because, see, to be honest, your feet were getting wet within about three minutes of whatever shoes you put on. So actually having... Dry socks did help. My plan, I changed to being solo. I was tra- I'm training for Yorkshire Marathon, so on my training plan it was to get 20 miles, and I started the day going, I'm going to do two laps, and then it went to three, and then it went to four, and then I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to keep going, and I'll I'll get the marathon distance six laps in seven. It's about seven k a lap, just over four miles, and I got that, and I thought that right after that I'm stopping. Rookie mistake now. Don't get me wrong, I was trying to be sensible in terms of Yorkshire as my focus, but there is part of me that that's why I'm disappointed because I think I should have thought more about maybe staying on longer and perhaps having, you know, ducking out and getting what I needed, eating for a lap, even taking something with me to eat, add cup of soups and things as well. That I could have taken as a bit of a hot drink and things, but yeah, I was a bit gutted because see once you take a break it is so hard to start again and my Achilles started playing up. I managed another three loops, two together, one separate in the night but I got up on the Sunday and this now this is where I'm really disappointed is I didn't run on the Sunday. So I feel like I did Loch Ness 12 really because I didn't run the next day.
1: But you covered an incredible distance in that time
0: though. I know but it's, it's that way I go, oh, I should have just forced myself but I think I'd reached a bit of a mental block. And like you say, it's that mental struggle. And that the last route loop I did was that nighttime one. I really struggled. Like Nick was brilliant and so was Annika. But it's, when you're walking four miles, it's a long way. And there were certain sections of that course where it did feel really long. There was a big, long stretch after you get out of the this bit of wooded area and you sort of get to like the last marshal before you go back to the campsite. And that bit was really long and I just felt like I couldn't do it again. But in hindsight, I was like, I should have just took a drink and a snack and just pulled it my big girl pants and just shut up and went for it. But I was too headstrong of, I'm done, like this is it, never again. But the next day <laughs> you're going,
1: when is the next 24-hour event? <laughs> You know the thing So, like obviously I had a long drive home to think about this because I I was like why am I so disappointed with like four doesn't sound that much but then when you put it in perspective and it's 28k and it's like 17 miles and you think actually I don't even run 10k at home like why am I why am I disappointed yeah and I had like quite a long time to think about it and I thought well if you're not slightly disappointed with yourself I suppose you wouldn't have the drive to then better next time maybe maybe that's what makes people athletes or grow into athletes and in that if you are that little bit disappointed you're always going to push that a little bit harder next time i know obviously this is all still very new to me so i'm like I, I couldn't understand why i was feeling like i was feeling and not chuffed myself but if you've been on the the other end of that quite a few times and I, like i can't believe you're disappointed with yourself with nine laps because that's just i know but- my, my a game
0: was 10 and that i think that's what's annoying because it's like one more lap and i got it yeah. i mean you live and you learn and i'm sure like i say in a couple of weeks this will be a distant memory i also need to think the fact that this wasn't my race that i was training for it's just part of and that, that's not to be like oh this is just something i do at the weekend i just mean like all my focus is really into the yorkshire marathon so to not injure myself was the biggest and that's all I could and I think that I convinced myself of the fact that if I went out again I would probably trip and break a leg and that was it so I started convincing myself that it was a bad idea to go again and I should have realized knowing myself quite well over these 37 years almost 38 uh, (laughs) is that I would have been disappointed but what do you do you just sign up for next year
1: it was absolutely a learning curve I mean the amount of questions I went into the the gazebo and said right what do I do with this or like right I'm hurting myself I feel like I've heard something that you're not supposed to take ibuprofen when you're running <laughs> and they were like no don't do that And I was like okay so what am I allowed <laughs> and it was like I just felt like I constantly kept going in like at one point I remember you coming in the gazebo and I said something to you and I just remember going lessons were learned <laughs> I don't remember what I'd done but I was like not gonna do it again. <laughs> I
0: can't even remember. Like it, it's it's funny how one at one point I said this is the longest twenty four hours of my life because at ten o'clock at night I was lying in my bed going how are we only twelve hours in? I'm frozen and broken at this point. Thinking you know when I'm at work or when I'm in holiday twenty four hours passes so so quickly. But it's now looking back I'm like God that was like a blur. Now just some of the laps. I'm like, did I actually do nine? Because it doesn't feel like it sometimes when I go. Oh, it felt it felt like it was over really quickly. So does it has it gave you the bug for an actual another event? Hannah might have done. <laughs> <laughs> have you looked at it
1: yet? <laughs> I was thinking. Well, I kind of just went straight to like the twenty eight k mark. I'm thinking. Maybe I should go back and do like a 5K, then a 10K. And then clearly I can do a half marathon. All right. It was on slightly, I kind of, what was it? Eight miles. If I'd have done two laps, it would have been eight miles. I would have been close. Mm -hmm. But it is that kind of thing of, well, it was really hard terrain. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. You did your six laps, did marathon distance on really challenging terrain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In the mud, I'm pretty sure like we should have had GPS tracking a little, like a little (laughs) bit more distance. Because when you were sliding down those hills, There was
0: one particular bit, it was like a hairpin bend, and I think as time went on, that became more like a slip and slide rather than just a trail. down to the loch, definitely. From that corner, it was horrendous. But more power to these people. So see the people that were passing me. Now, I was either trying to run or just trying not to fall at this point, but (laughs) they were tearing down there. I mean, some folk are really, really good, obviously, at running. (laughs) You know, I think the, the guy who won did something ridiculous like you know 29 laps in 24 hours you know they were powering right down there but that's where and I don't know if I'll ever get it It, I have that fear of falling so whereas some people have that just go for it gutsy sort of the more you what's the word like the more you worry about falling the more chance you will fall Yeah. because if you just you're committed to like I'm running down this you've probably got a better chance of staying on your feet (laughs) But yeah, impressive, very impressive when you I see the running. think
1: trainers, definitely. So I, the only running trainers I do have are the um, Innovate Cross Talons and they've got massive lugs on them. And then I saw Lee who had the mud claws on and I was like, that might be my next purchase if I'm going to carry on running on shit like this <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <they look> awesome <laughs> but the ones that I've got are a reasonably good mix for the terrain that I do go on but I don't have any kind of run like road running shoes or anything because I don't really I don't really run on the road other than to get to the start of a trail but then there was a quite a few discussions about having trainers just for like rotating them and I was like oh maybe I need to go and buy Enough. You should see the storyline from this weekend. Steve put, put them in a bucket and they're soaking.
0: Oh yeah, I go the girls to um, hose them down when I I brought them because I was just like they just are revolting. But yeah, definitely a change of trainers because I think like if you need cushioned or you need support and things as well. It actually if you're kind of hard on your feet as well, you know you just need that time for this trainer to sort of recover as well. So if you're yeah. running like days together. know actually alternating your trainers is is pretty good and it's it means that like if you are training for something so for the marathon i alternate my trainers so that i will wear one of them on the day doesn't matter which one but they're both one broken into but two still have miles in them whereas sometimes you've wore the same trainers for my whole marathon training and actually get closer to the date going, these are done. They've had hundreds of miles in them by now. But yeah, that's what I, I wore my Ciccone peregrines. And they were, they were great. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I've just got, we were talking about this in the car, right? This might be TMI for everybody, but <laughs> you're, you're listening. So you're getting it. Is that I've never lost a toenail ever in running. And I've never really had blisters. Touch, woods. And I basically put it down to the fact that I'm, I I have enough hard skin on my feet that I think they're now made of iron. Fun fact, I think a lot of ballet dancers don't get things like pedicures and stuff because they prefer their feet to be quite hardened. And I'm like, maybe this is the key. Just stop taking care of your feet.
1: This might be where I'm going wrong, because I always think, oh, if I'm doing that much exercise on my feet, I need to look after them. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. where I'm going wrong. Well, I
0: mean, I'll do a bit of like, you know, a wee bit of pumice stone and stuff, but there's definitely bits of my feet that I'm like, yeah, you're beyond saving. So <laughs> I don't know if I've just created like a protective case, but I've now become like the odd man out when it comes to losing toenails post marathons. I'm like, no, nope, never. They,
1: they don't even look bruised. It's funny. We did have quite a in-depth conversation about people losing toenails.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it definitely late night, gets late night. chat. <laughs> oh, I tell you the only people that I probably discussed TMI with, you know, is runners. I don't know how many times we've discussed bill habits, chafing in places. I mean, I definitely was overheard talking about chafing on Saturday because again, TMI, it was very wet. <laughs> and everything everything was rubbing. Um, places that I didn't even think I could chafe, I chafed. You know. And then you haven't used portalous. Oh did you use the portaloous? Uh yeah. Eventually, everybody.
1: I think um, yeah, it was definitely an eye opener for the the chat that goes on around mm. like marathons and ultras in the like discussions on lubes
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: there's quite a
0: few people that use sex loop as their chief in jail
1: i can't control what my face is doing so like this conversation started and i just kind of looked around at it but what's it for <laughs> which obviously did not go down <laughs> i think there was some sarcastic answer before i got like a real explanation oh, yeah i mean you're scottish
0: people hannah there's always sarcasm before actual fact i think that's the great thing about running and that community is you know if you don't ask those questions or people don't talk about things like this you don't learn because if we all just read like the booklets and things it's all very much like yeah this is the proper things to do but actually the more experienced runners will tell you what's worth it what's not what what has worked for them and you can at least get that first-hand experience
1: I'd heard you talk about flat coke I think the run to the stones Mm -hmm. and I was like flat coke okay well I'll take some coke with me just in case honestly I keep craving it like I don't even drink fizzy drinks normally and Mm -hmm. I just keep craving coke and I'm like okay Mm -hmm. pouring it in a glass stirring it and getting all the bubbles out and I was like this is quite nice actually it is
0: Honestly, it raced through the stones. It was delightful because you,
1: it's, it's just that it's got everything in it that you
0: need, really, for that yeah. last kind of. There's lots of ultra runners that talk about having it as the last drop bag that the flat coke and they put it into one of their flasks and it's yeah. there is that sort of backup. But it's got all your sugars, all your rubbish in it, but it does give you a lift because you're not looking for it to fuel a whole race but it's more of a like a kick up the arse i think at the i end. think
1: i've been craving it like i did have a couple while i was there but i have been craving it a lot since i came home too
0: yeah you but... just need
1: to eat more <laughs> it's usually
0: you're you're missing something if you're craving like a sweet juice like you're probably missing that. salts and things like that so it's i would just yeah get that yeah, was the coke other the thing i followed in. it
1: with like just plain salty crisps mm. and then i wanted more coke and then i wanted more crisps and i was like why is this not satisfying
0: yeah but that's the oh co- that's mr coca-cola though they put something in that to make you thirsty <laughs> so you won't go i'm still thirsty i want more coke so but
1: yeah, it's, it obviously shows that like all this time chatting to you is like paying off and is that i picked up on little tips and tricks <laughs> absolutely
0: (laughs) so but yeah it was it was a good weekend it's it's a definite learning experience um Mm. I'm looking at as right now in camera I can see myself my eyes are like peepholes in the snow I actually had a really good sleep last night but Sophie came through at some point but I woke up thinking why did I just wake up and then she spoke and she was right next to me and I got the (laughs) biggest fright because I think I was like it was like waking the dead you know I just wasn't quite with it Um, And then obviously I got up and then started limping about. Um, But yeah, I think it'll take a few days just to get us a bit more rest and rehydrated again. And then we can talk about it in a month's time, being like, oh, that was
1: amazing. You know, (laughs) wasn't the sun shining? I'm sure it was. I know all those pictures from last year, like everyone reckons they were doctored. Or their, oh. their memory of it was just very different.
0: Oh, I definitely <laughs> believe that. And I think that's one thing. I'm I, Again, that's maybe where some of the disappointment is, is that maybe the group experience just wasn't the same as I thought it was going to be. I mean, everybody has expectations and you can only... Sometimes you can only be disappointed, you know, because your expectations is so high. We had such a big group. It was really hard to spend time with everybody, let's face it. And yeah, There's a lot of different characters in there. But also... The weather really changed things. You were try- I was trying. One point, try to get photos with everybody, but I definitely missed people because then it was like it was absolutely pouring. So your phone was like jammed in a pocket or a bag, so it didn't get waterlogged, and and that's how wet it was. You know, you just consistently felt damp yeah. at all times, um, and I think that's what made it just a bit. Maybe that's why I feel a bit flat as well.
1: Yeah. I well, I was saying to you just before I came on, I was like, I kind of feel really happy and really chuffed. But like the minute I think about it, I could also cry for no apparent reason. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I think I, I put it on the group chat actually earlier. And people are like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like your body's coming down to a normal level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, and it feels like it's crashing. And that's why you feel like you do. And I was like, okay, as long as this is normal. But I'd kind of put it in the group chat because I didn't know how to explain it to Steve, and obviously mm-hmm. Steve's not going to read it. But he is really supportive, and he can he can read me like a book. He knows when I'm not right. But I kind of didn't have the words to explain how I felt,
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: like, "Is this even normal?" <laughs> but it turns out that it is, so it's fine. <laughs> but... it,
0: it totally is, and I think it's like anything. which I know you didn't. You only signed up a bit later on. But it's like it's anything we plan, we organize. There's all the hype to it, you know. People get it, post wedding blues and post event blues. Just in general, I think there's so much thought that you, you know, you come back and you go, oh, you know, it's a total deflation. I had one. I did the Ultra X fifty k last year. Did you run an ultra? Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> several. I, <laughs> several. This is my first, and I came home it was on a sun. was it on a Sunday? Yes, it was on a Sunday and I came home on the Monday and by the Wednesday, I was like a car crash. I was highly emotional. I was really low at one point and I just was like, what's wrong with me? And I started questioning everything, you know, my relationship, like my job, everything. But it was because I was just plummeting from such a high and such a wow that was what and what a weekend i'm so proud this was great blah 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 to a crash and i'm back to real life i don't have anything else to look forward to which i obviously did but you just can't see it at the time so it's completely yeah. completely normal but that's why this- i always end up booking things again like something <laughs> else because i'm like i must be in a continual state of looking forward to something
1: because <laughs> the FOMO <formal> is real. <laughs> the FOMO <formal> is
0: real. <laughs> so, but I really do hope it does um inspire you to do more events because you had a great time. I could see you were a total champion. You did really, really well. I think that format worked for you. See, just doing loops as well. I think it was it was really good. And it's a learning experience. You know, if you ever do something like that again, I think I would probably do something like that again. Don't know when, but you take things away from these types of events, yeah, um, you know, and, and sometimes I, I said that about the first marathon I ever did. Is that when I tell anybody now I go, do you know you need to run one to know how to run it, training for it and thinking about it, and somebody even else running it telling you what to expect doesn't even work because yeah. they're not you, and they're not how you would deal with something either, you know. Yeah. God, that's incredibly right. wise. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: I think you're right in that the the format of Loch Ness twenty-four was like it was probably a really good event for mm-hmm. me to start on. I feel like I don't know, like I don't it's not giving me the bug as such as in like I'm gonna go out and book like a marathon or a 10K mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think I think the the format of Loch Ness 24 was definitely good. I think it definitely wants to the fact that I covered the distance that I did without with very little training and coming off the back of an injury has made me think I really want to push myself with some proper training and see what I can actually do because mm-hmm. I think well, under that circumstances on a difficult terrain and I managed what I did I'm really I really really want to see what I can actually do if I put my mind to it yeah definitely. it's definitely given me that nudge and a little bit of excitement i don't know yet (laughs) watch this space i know maybe i'll be doing it solo next year you never know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know i think i think a few people might actually consider solo from when Mm -hmm. i've had chats with people you never know
1: it was a great event i would definitely if if i was going to do that mike polefoot ultra runner his partner heather she was an absolute star she I mean, she didn't just look after Mike. She looked after everybody, really. Yeah. I would definitely say, like, support crew would be... If you're going to do it solo, I think you definitely need a, a support crew around you.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I would say the exact same, because I was I was a solo entrant, but I wasn't really planning to run mega long distance solo, but, like, even then, coming off, you're tired, you're hungry. You're hungry now, I mean... If you had to say to me, Heat up that soup, I I would have actually have struggled just going, Where's the pot? Where's where's the spoon? Where's everything? Whereas, see, getting it handed to you, that's what you need, especially if you're gonna set yourself that challenge. You need someone else to take care of you. But it was also even having people that won't take your rubbish either, like, I'm not running anymore. Yes, you are. Like you are going back out there. You'll take this and you'll go, and that's it. And you, I think Obviously, there's going to be times, maybe have a safe word that you can say (laughs) when it's like, I really can't go. But someone who'll go or or a team of people that will be like, you're going, even if I have to walk around with you for one. You know, and your whole strategy would change in that time. But yeah, I think I think it would be pretty exciting if you were to really go for it, because obviously Rachel, who was part of the big team and then went solo, you know, that's what she did. She had helpers on hand who were also all running part of the dipper crew but she had that and I think you need you need people that are there to take care of you because after so many hours of running if you had said to Rachel go and find your own food to eat and yeah. change your own socks and shoes I think she'd have struggled big time to even yeah. sit down and and do that find it and do it so yeah. but Heather was That's amazing great. as well I'll just yeah. say that. Yes, I think the,
1: the conditions definitely made that more difficult. Because, like you said before, like we didn't know where people were at any one time. And if I'd have realized how many laps you were actually going to go and do, mm-hmm. I'd have been a lot more on hand. Because I only did the four laps in the twenty-four hours. I think my moving time was the last couple of laps were difficult. I think my my total moving time was about five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like out of the twenty, out of the other twenty-four hours, like you know, I would have happily helped more with you but it was just that disjointed thing of everyone being separated because of the rain and trying to find places to shelter it, it just made it so much difficult but I think next year like there's definitely been lessons learned and if we did go and do it again I think we would definitely have I've I've had a couple of friends actually message me since saying like if I don't know when you were doing it I'd have come down and supported you and I was like oh, do you know what? I didn't even like I know think, it's that weird thing of like imposter syndrome like I didn't to begin with, I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm-hmm. But actually, I was talking about this with um Al personal best. We both kind of felt a little bit nervous about meeting everyone we we're both really new to running. Kind of didn't feel like we belonged on the course. But actually we both said at the end, we we're like, Do you know what? At no point when I was walking slash running around that course did we actually feel like we didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was really nice that we'd both kind of overcome that and would both come to the, the same conclusion that actually we can do this. <laughs> it's like, we do belong.
0: Absolutely do belong. But the event itself was, I mean, it was really well run every time you came through. So you had like a little, the teams had a Dibber, little dipper tag thing around their necks and I had one of on my wrists for solo and you had to be pit every time you came in. And you know, there were volunteers always there making sure you knew what to do, how to hand it over and they were always out and you think and the marshals through that forest and that course were amazing see so been out there all night and they took it obviously in turns and things but it was just fantastic when you think of how horrible that weather was and being out in the, those conditions for so long and every time you passed they had a smile a chat you know all that so well done to that team because that was that was great but and i also felt kind of bad for them as well because i'm sure it would have been a totally different type and vibe had the weather not been just as miserable so um we did well
1: every, yeah like you said every single one of them was like how are you doing keep going you're doing amazing like they all had their own, own little chat kind of mm-hmm. going on but the lady where you went on to the lock side down onto the beach that Marshall there, she was absolutely lovely. She at one point she looked at me. And she said, "How you doing?" I went, "I've got a little bit of hip pain," and she was like, "Do you need to go and like have a rest?" I was like, "I've just had a rest, but I've just come back on, so I'm not going off yet." <laughs> and she was like, "Right, have you got this? Have you got that?" I was like, "I haven't, but my teammates do, so I'll make sure I I do that when I go back." She was she was so lovely, and then the Marshall just after the really kind of technical bit after the beach going up to the main track forest and um, he always had like a really good banter as well mm-hmm. and then um, my favorite thing when I'm like just you know either struggling or whatever it is to go I'm still living the dream <laughs> it's like something I tell myself and he was like do you know what there's only one other person that said that and I was it was I said it was probably me when I went around on my first laugh and he was like no no it was definitely somebody else <laughs> and I went I might not be saying it when I come round in the dark. Anyway, <laughs> about an hour and a bit later, he was still stood there, but he put a little shelter up and obviously it was dark. He couldn't see who was coming and he he just went, How's it going? I went, I'm still living the dream. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good to have a catchphrase.
0: <laughs> they were fab and it was it was lovely to see them. And it just I mean, I suppose that gave you gives you a bit of a bit of comfort knowing that they're there. The as well especially when it was so dark it was so weird at one point it was so dark we actually saw frogs and things things you think you would miss when it was it's pitch black but I don't know maybe your 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 other senses are heightened that you start just being able to see more than you think so yeah we had a fab weekend so that was just a bit of a, a recap of of our, our escapades um, have you got much coming up over
1: the next couple of weeks Hannah? Uh, yep, yeah, we're away this weekend. One weekend at home, and I, I've had to leave that weekend free because Steve needs to fix something on the van. And then we're going to Aaron with Emily, our first guest. Yay! For my and then, and then, uh, the minute we we'll plan to go to Cornwall, oh. Now we know what happens when we we'll plan to go to Cornwall.
0: You always end up north. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll, we'll see. No, I've said. I promise this time. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to win brownie points because I've got a feeling I've got the adventure bug for next year, and I've got to make sure I I go and do Cornwall this year so I can uh, start planning and all these <laughs> epic adventures. <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds lovely. How many weeks is it till um, Yorkshire Marathon? Seven weeks.
0: So my train and my Airbnb and all that is all booked now. So it does feel a bit a bit real. So yeah, this week. I mean, I'll be getting back to to running as well once i've sort of recovered a little bit but yeah i can't believe actually how soon it is so the next month will be generally quite quiet it's my birthday next week i'll be doing something with the family since i've got off all weekend up to inverness so (laughs) we'll be doing something nice and it'll just be getting the last bit of training in so yeah but i'm sure we'll keep you updated on our plans we'll be back in a couple of weeks hopefully hopefully sounding more alive (laughs)
1: but overall it was a an epic first experience it
0: was it was (laughs) tune in this time next year for Loch Ness 24 in
1: 2024 (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this week's episode follow us on instagram at adventure we'd also love it if you could share rate and subscribe to our podcast bye Filled it. Hailed it. <laughs>